The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. That would be so much more exciting if the value of the rental was um, $80,000. Like the rental rate? Yeah. Oh, man. You rent the whole store. That would take several days to put together. Right. Because I think this rental was $1,400 for the rental. That's not so bad. For a so, week long or two so days? 80000 That would probably take me a month to gather all the equipment. I don't even think the store could hold that much. <laughs> yeah. And after doing it, I would want a month off of work. <laughs> yeah. Just one more day. <laughs> You go back to work I mean, for this uh, day, and it's you're looking around. I got nothing to do. Well, I got nothing to do. You know what? Now that I think about it, that is about that's about four months of rentals. Oh wow! That's usually what I put bring in roughly every month. on a bad month. Okay, is about twenty thousand hmm. or twenty five ish. So I, I just round down to twenty. But uh, how much of um, how much of the rental stuff that you do is um, is pro audio versus live audio? Uh, majority is definitely live audio, which I expected, but I have no concept of how much people in town are renting renting um, pro, pro audio, audio stuff. Um, not very many of the studio guys, that's for sure. Um, but there are definitely guys that come in and they're looking to get into recording maybe and they'll mm. rent a microphone from us. There are other guys who recognize that they only need their super expensive microphone a handful of days in the year. Right. So they only rent a U87 those certain days. Yeah, we'd only have ours. I would only rent one if I didn't get such a good deal on ours. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I don't know. In a given week, I probably do three pro audio rentals. Oh, okay. That many, hey? Yeah. Yeah. Compared to like the probably hundreds of live audio. Yeah. Or it feels like hundreds. Like <laughs> yesterday, I, I, I'm sure my numbers yesterday sucked at Long McQuaid because it was all with this one. I think it was like two o'clock before I did my first actual transaction of mm. the day. The rest of the day around that one transaction, and that was a pro audio transaction too. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of my day was just doing my one big ass rental right. and getting frustrated with people, which is your norm. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah. But when people at other locations aren't doing their job, I just... <laughs> like, it was annoying because I yesterday I was trying to get some parts for this big rental right. so that they could be in today. And I'm hoping that people actually did their part and actually sent me stuff, but we'll find out. Gotcha. Um, but uh, one location, Calgary, in fact, said, oh, yeah, we'll give you all that stuff that you need from our location. And then later on in the day, they're telling me, like, oh, here's the last several uh, digits of all the items we're going to give you. You put through the transfer. And normally how you would do that is the store that's giving the items because they have the items, they have the serial number in front of them, they would put in the the transfer. That makes sense. Because they can scan it or whatever they need to do, make sure that they're giving the right one. Right. Um, but instead, they just gave me the last couple uh, um, couple numbers of the serial numbers. So that you could do it instead of them. Yeah, so I had, luckily, I, I, have, I have tricks to do things weird. I prefer not to do it because it's a pain right. in my ass. But I essentially had to take over two computers, and I had to use one computer to go through all of our used equipment for certain models, find the ones that are at that location, and then write down the serial numbers, the proper serial numbers, all the way through. And then I had to go onto my other computer, type those, or uh, manually connect to their location so that the computer thought that I was in Calgary. And then under that person, well, I couldn't log in as them, but uh, I had to put, leave notes saying, this person sent the stuff. I'm the person who requested it. These are the items. Right. Yeah, oh, I was so mad. Because, <laughs> you know, it's not enough that I have this big rental that I need this for. And I told them, this is a production company rental. It's a really big one. I need this stuff. I really need it on the truck tomorrow. It needs to be here, which is today. Um, and there, that everybody's been understanding about that but then to make me put in the transfers while I'm still trying to figure out the other like several thousand dollars worth of stuff that I need right. to get. <laughs> Ugh, I was annoyed. Luckily, that was the worst case yesterday, was that. Other cases, they were, everybody else was pretty good at just sending me what I needed. Sweet. Um, back to the pro audio rental. Yeah. Uh, is there one item that gets rented more often than anything else? Uh, that's uh, between uh, OctaCapture and um, the H4N, the Zoom. Oh, okay. And I think that's just because of the nature of what people need to record. Because when people right. are recording... Um, live events, they usually get the H4N. And then when they're just recording at home, I usually grab the, the Octa Capture, or, or the Quad Capture, sorry. Not the Octa Capture. The Octa Capture they rent when they need more than four channels. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just the roll in interface. 
Okay. Um, um, pod capture. So it's just a simple four oh, channel. Yeah. And the H4N is what I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised. Well, how, how much would you rent that H4N for? Not a lot. Like mm, 15 bucks for the weekend. Wow. That's ridiculous. Mm, quad captures 30 bucks a month. So. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. I, I wouldn't have expected that. I wouldn't expe- have expected that um, cheaper interfaces like that would be a more common rental item. For pro audio? Yeah. Yeah. I, I would only say that it's the more common one because people will come to us and be like, do you have a USB microphone? And then like, I would show them the one USB microphone that I have available for rent. Mm-hmm. And they'll look up uh, user reviews for it, see that it's not very good. <laughs> Which yeah. I mean, any USB microphone is going to have those reviews, I'm sure. But yeah, most of them. Um, and then they'd be like, "What else do you have?" And then I was like, "Then it's just going through the things of like, well, what else I have is real microphones. <laughs> yeah, and you need a way to record those. Sweet, which is an interface. So I, I yeah, the, the quad capture is just kind of a default." This is what I give you if you need a basic computer recording setup. Right. So. Cool. Yeah. All right. I would have expected it to be like like a U87. No. Or a Nobody wants to pay that much money. How much is a U87 rental? Like 100 bucks a day? Uh, I th- think it's like 200 bucks a month or something like that. So That's not bad. Something like that, yeah. Uh, so 50, 60 bucks for just a day, okay. Hmm. It's one of our most expensive microphones to rent, so yeah, most people want something cheaper than that. The 414s do get rented out a fair amount, though, right? And UA7s they get rented out. When people want them, it seems like everybody wants them, but majority of the time they just sit there. It, they're a weird microphone. I, I don't understand the, <laughs> the patterns. How many, um, wait, the, the polar patterns you mean? No, I understand oh, those. The patterns of- Just patterns of when people want them because right. it, it doesn't seem like it's very predictable. Mm-hmm. Whereas like shotgun mics, I, I know- that we have the most demand for those when schools are having their um, choirs and stuff. Oh, sure. Because I don't know. Every school has it in their head that they need shotgun mics for miking a choir. Sounds efficient. Very focused. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Let's just record the good singers. Yeah. yeah, but then they'll take like 10 of them. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, because they need to mic the entire choir. Each individually from 40 feet away. Yeah. Each mic can cover, let's see, they rent 10. Each mic can cover four students. <laughs> uh, and then I'm and then I'm told like, oh, these mics are terrible. I got a lot of feedback from them. It's just, 
and then trying to explain to him like that's not the, because of the mic that's because of how you positioned the mic that's not how microphones work yeah yeah and I could tell you how to eliminate that but I know it's just gonna go over your head so <laughs> <laughs> so why bother yeah yeah speaking of um a why bother uh, moment. Last night I had one of the most frustrating client. Um, Is it forty-eight messages later, guy? No, no. I stopped uh, forty-five. I stopped um, replying to him, so I haven't heard from him since. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was um, that was that was not even close to frustrating. I don't think. Um, this was. Do you remember me talking about that? That brother and sister. Um, the sister is a mom of a screaming baby that she held in her arms while she was trying to sing. Oh yeah, right. So this was that client. This was session number four with with them, and um, they've been. God, I don't even know where to start. Last night, just everything came to a head. Um. So the end of session three, I ended the session about 45 minutes early because uh, they only do two to four hours-ish. Okay. But uh, I ended the session about 45 minutes earlier than they wanted to because it was clear to me that they weren't rehearsed and they were just making stuff up as they go. Right. Um, you know, they didn't even bother settling on what key do we play this in? Um, before they got to the studio, right? Of course. Anyway, so fast forward to today or yesterday, last night. To top to top things off, start out on the wrong foot. I'd forgot they were coming. <laughs> so there's a banging on the door, and the brothers there, and I'm like, "Who the hell are you? Oh wait, I recognize you. Oh, you're that guy. Yeah. Do we have a session tonight? Shit. And he's got his eight year old daughter, right? Because that's the perfect tag along for the studio. Yep. Um, and then to top it all off, even though I'd forgotten about them, they were 25, he was 25 minutes late. Right. For his scheduled time. Right. All right no big deal. No, no so, idea. Which probably helped you forget. Yeah. yeah 25 probably. minutes late. Oh. Um, and, and no idea, no idea where the sister is. Um, the mom is right. No idea where she is. Um, cause she's also late. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we sit down, we start talking about what they want to do today. Um, bring up the song. We, I stopped them in the studio with, and instead of re-recording it, like I suggested, so that it didn't sound just improvised. Uh, not well improvised, but improvised. Mm-hmm. He said, no, it sounds good. Um, let me record a trumpet. Which in his mind is just a software instrument trumpet. Okay. So fine. Okay. This song is, what was it? It was uh, just over 5.30, I think was the song length. Right. And it's one big... Do you need to get that? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. 
this could be an important or angry, crazy. What is it? That's uh, not important. Not important. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I cue up the song, and he does one take, start to finish, just solos along on the MIDI controller keyboard thing um, with the trumpet sounding through the computer. Mm-hmm. Get to the end, and it doesn't even end in the right spot because <laughs> he doesn't know the song because they just improvised it. Mm-hmm. Um, and says, yeah, that's good. That's great. And then he's like, okay, now I want to record a lead guitar. Okay. Does the exact same thing. Just solos the entire five and a half minutes with no regard to the singer. Of course. And it's, they call it um, worship songs. Um, and yeah. and they're, uh, uh, they're from Africa and they kept saying that it was... It was a cultural thing. This is the way they do it in their culture. And that's why I don't understand it. Um, when in truth, it's just, it's not a cultural thing. Because it's... It's a vanity thing. Um, well, not even that. It's a it's a shitty church band thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, right? Like, there's amazing church bands out there that should be on tour making millions. Because they're amazing. But this is not that. Right. This falls into the other category. People who are just wanking because someone's given them a stage to play on. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so then, then, so we, we, we have this soloing trumpet that is six minutes long over top of this improvised string keyboard thing, which is supposed to be accompanying this vocal performance which she just improvised like she had lyrics written right but they had no song structure arranged so they just improvised the song structure then they add this electric guitar finally it's time for bass he says i want to add bass like okay how does this bass sound and of course it's just midi bass like he just wants to play it on the keyboard because he can't play a bass right he just soloed along on the bass so you got Several solos gone yes. on for five minutes. For five minutes, that's right. Um, and not even five minutes. It was over five minutes. I think it was closer to six, but it, definitely over 5.30. Jeez. Yeah. So I'm sitting there on top of on top of this, right around the part, right around the time that he finished the guitar solo, the sister shows up yep. with her five-month-old screaming baby. And her nine-year-old. And so the nine-year-old and the eight-year-old mm-hmm. hang out on the couch outside the control room because there's nowhere else for them to be. Yeah. I actually, over the course of the four hours, the almost four hours that they were here, I actually walked out four times and asked them to be quiet as politely but sternly as I could. I had to ask them to stop teasing the dog because they were... They were barking at the dog, thinking they were teaching it to sit, teaching it to stand, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. but not giving any treats. They were just, all they were doing was making the dog frustrated. And then opening and closing the, the door, going outside to get something from the, 
from whatever vehicle back inside, slam the door, and then horsing around on the couch with a screaming baby, with three soloing instruments and uh, improvised song structure. Sounds just like a cacophony of sound. My head was so ready to explode, I couldn't actually pay attention to anything. Until I decided to distract myself with food. <laughs> I'd, remembered, I'd remembered that that morning I chopped up some, some sausage bits. Oh, yeah. And and chopped up some cheese, threw it in a Tupperware container. And so I went and got that from the fridge, and I just started eating my garlic sausage that stank really bad in a good way, but not to someone who's not eating it. Right. And I just sat there and ate my sausage, and I suddenly had less cares in the world. (laughs) Anyway, so, so they are super happy with that song. So much so, they got these three solos and the singing and the strings. So much so that they want to add this spoken prayer part. And they want they want to do it over top of everything. The singing vocal in like the middle the middle of forty bars or something. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly, right? It's your song. Whatever. And so fine sure they can't agree on where to start because she has no concept of time she just sings and he doesn't understand music enough to communicate anything to her who doesn't pay attention to anything anyway so that was an issue um and of course everything that they do is just one take like you get one take uh and 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 they're happy with that so Again. I don't even I don't even get I don't even get sound check for for um, for her speaking, but I've clearly set something wrong when I because I I have a notes on how to set it up for her um, mm-hmm. that matches her voice well. I clearly set something up wrong. There's something in there that's distorting and and it's extra sibilant and um, part of me rushing because I'd forgotten that they were coming, not prepared. Um, but we have to live with it because they don't want to do a second take. Okay. So by the end of this thing, I'm just trying to keep up and I'm not sure what I've set up wrong yet. Okay. But they're happy with that song done moving on. So we move on to what was the other one? This just sounds like I would have fun. At some point, and just put like a pitch shifter, make him sound like a demon, <laughs> giving a prayer. <laughs> well, see, that's that's the thing is I'm I'm not even sure they're going to let me mix it. Like Whatever. I think I think where I left things from our tracking listening mix, mm-hmm. like just on the console, I think that was it. Yeah, by the sounds of it, they're going to probably not let you do anything to it, right? Um. Anyway, so on to song number four, the, 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 the next song. Something we'd started earlier, but which actually kind of sounded okay because I was more in control of the instruments. Okay. Um, but here comes guys who are going to probably yeah. solo over the entire time. So they really like the drums. We have this cool kind of, kind of Caribbean 
drum feel. Mm-hmm. It's a little dancey, but it's kind of, you know, mid-tempo kind of thing. Nothing too nothing mm-hmm. too crazy, but sister really likes the feel of it. Yeah. Great. Throw out all the rest of the instruments. Okay. All right. Then they have to argue over what key it's in again. And she pulls out her phone because they had a recording on there on her phone. Right. But neither of them actually pay attention to it. They just talk over top of the phone and he noodles, noodles on the keyboard. He says, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Sing to this. And she's like, no, 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 it's not that. He's like, uh, is it this? Sing to that. I know like, it's not that. So they finally settle on something, which, by the way, is the exact same key as the other three songs. I don't mention it, make any mention of that. Um, well, pick your battles. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, they decide that we have the we have this drum beat, and it's looped long enough that that they can do whatever. Um, and it, and it starts off with a, a boom, 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 boom. Right. It starts off with that. Um, and we've set it up predictably to give like a, like an eight count to, to give a 16 count in and everybody's supposed to start. Right. A slight change in the drums that brings up the energy so that we have an intro and we have the start of the song. Right. Right. And um, neither of them pay attention to that. Of course not. There's a bum, bum, they start singing. <laughs> Fine. We set her up to record, him to play his keyboard string thing, and they just improvise their way through the song. <laughs> right. And then he says to me, he turns to me after they're done, one take, just one take but I was finally through the course of this take after a really nasty um, distorted vocal. Because <laughs> yeah. She's got a pretty powerful voice. Um, so she's probably overloading something in the chain? Yeah, definitely the input on the preamp. Okay. Definitely the input on the preamp. Um, and it, it was, like she hit, that, she hit this one note and I was like, oh, pretty sure I know where that's fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so over the, over the course of the next, I don't know, probably the next 16 bars, I'm slowly turning it down. Like, how much do I need to turn this down before, you know, like, where do I, where do I need this to be set? I find a nice spot, but it wasn't until, you know, the last eight lines or something of yeah. the song. And they don't want to do another take. They're really so. happy with that take distortion and all. All right. Okay. I'll pull out my. My uh, isotope um, declipper. See what I can see Salvage. what I can fix with it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so so we finished that take. And now they have some strings yeah. that they've just that he's really just kind of jammed. He even admits he didn't really figure out what he wanted to do until the second half of where they were. Right. Okay. So it takes a little bit of convincing. But he finally agrees. Okay, I'll replay it. And so he replays it. And he decides, you know what? I want to play something different for the intro. I'm like, okay, great. So he jams something 
different for the intro. Really, it sounded like he was making it up. I figured he was just figuring it out. But no, he liked the first half, didn't like the second half of what he played for the, the, the intro. And the first half wasn't played all that well. So he, but he wanted me to copy and paste that into the second half and then slide it in, slide it over so that it actually st- stopped where she started singing. Okay. Like, okay, whatever. That's fine. Then he says to me, so can you, can you, these songs are really long. Can you um, play a part? Can you, you know, like this, it's really easy. You can, you, you can play, right? You, can you play a part? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and I flat out said, no. I, I, I just looked him in the eye and I said, no, I, I won't because I can't do what you do. I cannot bring myself to create that much chaos and then force my head to explode. <laughs> and I actually said, you have, you have this going on. In the other songs, you have this going on, plus 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 you have this going on. And it just makes my head explode. Listening to it is so stressful for me. I can't do it. And he seemed to accept that, just, you know, just kind of jovially accepted that as a, as a reason. And then he sat down and played a lead guitar and then soloed on the bass. <laughs> Although after, he after he even took it as a compliment. After he took, or sorry, after he soloed on the guitar, the lead guitar, um, I stopped him and I said, it's too much. You know, it might have been okay for the worship songs that have no drums, that it's it's all clearly just improvised start to finish. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't work for this, which it's it's got very rigid drums. It's got a very danceable beat. And if you're going to overload, overload people's listening ability with just complete... Um, complete disregard for the thing that's important, which is the vocal. This song is going to turn out terrible. It doesn't matter what you think happens in your culture. If you do this, it's going to sound bad. People are going to respond to it in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's about the point where he, he paused and said, well, maybe, maybe let me play bass instead. So I muted the guitar and he started soloing and I was just, I just threw up my hands. I, I didn't like visually throw up my hands, but mentally I just threw up my hands and, and leaned back in my chair and said, oh, he's going to do what he's going to do. And then about halfway through, he started trying to figure out an actual baseline pattern. And he, he gets to the end and he says, look, I, I did something simple with the bass. No, you didn't. <laughs> He did, he did keep a pattern and it was, it was a much more appropriate baseline, much okay. more complimentary. But the first half of the song, he's still f- just, he's figuring out and it's clear that he's just figuring it out, but he doesn't want to play it again. He's happy with what he did. Yeah. So that's where we left it. We, um, it was, I don't know, it was quarter to nine and they were supposed to be done at nine. They've had enough. And I've had enough. Um, and the kids are the kids are are 
past the point of frustrated um, and they'd, they'd started fighting with each other. <laughs> right. And so we decided to call it a day. As they're paying, as they're paying, um, I have to take this opportunity to, to... At the end of session three, I kind of subtly hinted, hey, I don't want your kids here. This isn't a daycare. Mm-hmm. You know, the couch, the hallway is not a babysitter. Right. Um, but I had to, I had to be black and white, um, with them. I had to be like at the end of the session, at the end of this session, I says, I don't want you to bring your children back. I understand the five month old needs his mother around. Oh, I, it was a her, um, needs her mother around and that's fine. Um, it's a, a screaming baby we can try to deal with because special circumstances. Yeah. I get that. That's fine. But the seven-year-old from week three, the eight-year-old and nine-year-old today, like they cannot be here because this, it, it, it creates more stress for me, which means I'm going to be less useful to you. You're getting less for what you're paying for. And I don't want them here in the studio unless they're an active participant. You can't use this place as a babysitter. You have to find something else. And I stopped short at saying... If you bring them back again, I'll refuse to work with you. Okay. Stop short at that because that's where it's going to, that's where it's going to go. Right. I kind of, I I kind of, again, I tried to subtly imply that, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to flat out say it. Right. Did they seem to receive it well? (sighs) Sort of. Um, uh, The brother seemed seemed to understand, um, but then just started yelling at his daughter. Um, not yelling, yelling, but you can tell you, but she, she'd done something and he was angry at her. Um, and the, the sister, the sister tried to explain why she brought her daughter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she brought her nine-year-old in hopes that when the five-year-old starts crying, the nine-year-old can take care of the five-year-old or the, the five-month-old, the little baby. Right. And thus not cry. But it, yeah, it just, just, just doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't all, the, matter. all the kids do is get bored out of their minds and cause trouble, which is what kids do. And I, and I don't, I don't fault the kids at all in this case. No. Right. It's entirely the parent's fault. Yeah. But, uh, she did say, um, she'll, she might try to find a babysitter for next time might I don't like it when people say that yeah that's kind of like okay well I'll tell you what you want to hear but then I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want anyway yeah yeah in which case I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want (laughs) which is not let you come into my place and then that might end up being what uh, it might end up being what it's what happens you know because I I could handle one of either of the chaos elements, the, the ridiculously chaotic music, or the screaming children. I can handle one or the other, but I can't do both at the same time. Not in my space. Yeah. If I was in someone else's space and it wasn't my problem, I no, no worries. It's someone else's problem to deal with. But the kids and the music in my space... It is my problem. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's too bad because you could tell the kids, every time I talked to them, you could tell they were trying to be less disruptive. Okay. Like they, they seemed like they were good kids. But I mean, they're, they're still eight and nine years old. Yeah. Like kids like that get into mischief. You get bored. You want to do something. Exactly. Yeah. And they weren't, huh, this, was, this was the other crazy thing. Not that I'm in favor of using like tablets or whatever as babysitting devices, mm-hmm. but they weren't even allowed to do that. The no. parents, all the parents, like the, the, all the parents would allow them to do is sit on the couch. Ugh. Yeah. I know, which that just sounds like that's either bad parenting or that's clueless parenting, which is also bad. Yeah. Anyway, so that's, that was my rant for last night. I feel, yeah, yesterday I was definitely more angry about it. I was, I was telling, I had a student right after and he got 20 minutes of it too. <laughs> yeah, we had about 20 minutes on this one. Um, and I feel like I was a lot more angry last night about it, but yeah. yeah it's understandable. Yeah. Um, uh, I just listened to uh, an older episode of ours, Bad Bargain. I can't remember what episode number it was, but, um, and I'd asked you what engineering work you'd done recently. And so I wanted to ask you that question again. Hmm. Uh, I did sound effects for a and d thing recently. Explain. Uh, I was approached by a GM who asked me if I could make his voice sound like a, a demon and stuff like that. I said, yeah, that's pretty simple stuff to do. And he also asked me about like making echoes and other things. And there's just pretty simple facts, really. It's, I, I think at the end of the project, I had used four effects. That was it. Fair enough. Like there was a delay, a reverb, a pitch shifter, there's definitely some EQs, but I don't count those as effects. Yeah. Um, I think there was some distortion as well. And yeah, it was just. It was just fun. for his own personal use to yeah. uh, um, like pre recorded bits he'd play on a stereo type of thing. This was all live. Live? Yeah. Okay. So they, they would inform me this is the part where, like, as they were doing it, would uh, be like, okay, now I want, like I had set up certain sounds beforehand. Like we walked through it. I spent like probably 20 oh, minutes so, so, finding the effects. Okay. And then as the session went on, they'd be like, okay, this is the part where I want that certain effect. And then I would be like, uh, so it was then more engage like, the effect. And then they would speak into the microphone and it would, yeah, they would have I gotcha. like their, their, in this case, it turned out to be a werewolf, but how they described it to me is they wanted to sound demonic. Right. And all that was was just a pitch shifter that was like, I think a step or two down. And then I just mixed, I used the uh, dry, wet mix to blend in their natural voice with the. And it, yeah. Yeah. People love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I, I loved seeing the, the look on everybody's faces of just like, 
This is awesome. It actually sounds like yeah, a, a, like theater. Well, yeah, like what you would expect from a movie or something like that. Right. So yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah. And then I, yeah, at the end they were all complimenting me on that stuff. I was just like, oh, this is nothing. I know secrets like how to make rain. <laughs> that's just rice. <laughs> Yeah, right. Snapping bones, that's salary sticks. <laughs> Blood is, uh, or like gory sounds, is just hitting a watermelon with a hammer. <laughs> you need a really clean, like a, re- a really easy to clean room for that, though. <laughs> oh, I've, I've watched people do it, and it's just like they cover a room with plastic. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, they'll get like a bag of fruits and vegetables and just play with it. I've, I've even, how I've done gory sounds to not make a mess of wherever the fuck I am yeah. is like get a lemon or something and then just play with the lemon, like oh, cut yeah. it in half and then just like squish it and stuff. Nice. It, it will make some noises without as much of a mess. So that's one way to do it. Sweet. I haven't done a sound effect thing scene or anything probably four years yeah Yeah. at least to my memory I'm yeah well this project got me thinking that I wanted to uh, well this project and an experience with um, somebody who does field recording came in and was having troubles with the field recorder they had recently bought from us oh yeah it was the uh, zoom 8 channel something or another Mm -hmm. and I I just happened to be walking by the pro audio guys and then I was asked hey Joe or well everybody calls me Joey but I go by both regardless <clears throat> somebody just asked for my attention is like what's your opinion of this and like they showed me the manual for the device and then I was I, I had to dive in deeper and just like what are you trying to do and then they're like, "Well, I'm trying to. Re- we're trying to set it up so that it records multiple channels of audio." And then I looked at the manual, and it's like, "Oh, okay. Well, this way is going to just give you a summing down of all eight channels, and this way should give you all the mono channels, and this way will give you all the mono channels plus a stereo mixed down of all eight channels." Cool. And then. They got dragged away, but I was told to then make it work on the actual device. Of course. So I, I grabbed like two 58s, plugged them into channels one and two, grabbed an SD card, loaded it into the, the device, and played with that. And I, I got it to record separate tracks. I got it to play back, and I could hear track one, track two. I got somebody to talk into another mic, and we just talked at the same time, and because it was 58s, like there's very little bleed. Yeah. So, you know, I was able to pinpoint, like, oh, yeah, this track two is only recording that voice. Track one's only really recording this voice. A little bit of bleed, but who cares about that? But then I asked how much that thing was. It was like 1400 bucks for the, uh, for customers to buy it. Right. Which is just like, holy crap. Those things are usually like three, four grand. What? Uh, yeah, portable recorders. Portable field recorders. Yeah. I guess. I guess this is the Zoom one then. Uh, yeah, it's fourteen hundred dollars. 
assume H8? Uh, I don't know if it's called an H8. Q8? Uh, It's like something like 8-10 IO or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, But... Yeah, it, it it's a cool it it is a proper like field recorder box. It's like ninety six k twenty four bit eight channel. It carries two SD cards. It's got a lot of features to it. Um, I don't know if that's the one. F eight multi track field recorder. Yeah, that that's the one. Yeah. It's an interesting looking box. Yeah, it's just a little tiny thing. Yeah. And you know, just like I think it was five minutes of playing with it. I I understood it and it was, it seemed very simple to me. Right. But from looking at that, it got me thinking like, oh, I kinda wanna buy one of these. Uh-huh. And then maybe make sound effects libraries or something. But I don't know if I w- want to invest in that or not. But well, I mean you know, it's just an idea much, that's I'm, been playing with like, in my head. Why not just rent it? I don't know if I can rent that device. That's fair. If I can, I might order one in just so I could rent it, and then if, it'd just be perpetually on rent. <laughs> yeah, you should. Um, if you if you do get it, you'd want to get like like a um, like an XY or an, or a um, ORTF array. That can be your input source for. Well, I could get like an NT4. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something like that would be perfect, right? Yeah. And there's there's never a shortage of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I I was just, you know, I I looked at my price and it's pretty good. Mm. It's like a little over grand. I think after taxes and after any interest I pay from. Um, from uh, financing, it'd be about twelve hundred. Yeah, that's not bad for that. Mm, I, got, I mean, I got lots of microphones, so I, I don't think I need to buy any unless all of a sudden I need a shotgun. But does it provide phantom power? Yeah, excellent. I don't know what it uses for power, but I I know there is a battery pack for it or something. But two SD cards, so I, you could have 64 gigs of memory. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's got a got a little four pin uh, um, four pin power connector. Yeah. Also has a connection to go straight to uh, like it has a I think a mini XLR for like attaching directly to cameras. Oh yeah, and stuff like that. Like it has everything you could possibly need out of a field recorder. Well, so if um, if you or at are least just everything doing, I can think of, I could need, but yeah, I was just thinking, just do some. I mean, you, you wouldn't even need to to invest that much, right? Like, like the HN the H four N might be. Um, you know, they have a they have a four track version as well of the of the F series. Oh, do they? Uh, yeah. Huh. Um, and, uh, yeah. You know, but, but I mean, like, I've, I've seen, I've seen the, uh, the Zoom H4N 
used on professional recordings, uh, like on location recordings, right? Yeah. Um, I just don't like the way it works. Yeah. Like the user interface is not very good, in my opinion, of the H4. Well, here's the here's the F4. Okay, that fucking thing. If it works similar to the eight channel, uh, that actually might be an option. Yeah, yeah, and I'm um, significantly significantly less cost. Yeah. Um, the trouble with the trouble I've always had with Zoom is they're not they're not exactly high quality builds, right? Yeah, but. At the end of the day, like I, I don't know, I, I, the idea was like I would do some field recording or sound effects recording of some kind yeah. and just catalog and catalog and, it and make it available to people who want like D and D sounds or even movie sounds. I guess absolutely right. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just had the idea of making sound effects libraries, and I thought that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I mean. <clears throat> Could be fun. Absolutely, I've, I've yeah. Done a handful of like sound effect recordings. I used to have, I used to have a reel of them um, back in the nineties after college. We'd done a whole bunch of build our own sound effects, mm-hmm. um, and so I had a, I had a quarter inch reel uh, that was just chock full of sound effects we'd made. Cool. I probably still have the reel, but it's on a reel. <laughs> <laughs> so you need a tape machine. I need a machine, yeah. <laughs> You'd have to get Brzo to help you. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> yeah, that's all good. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think doing I think doing a field recording would be a or doing field recording, sound effect recording, it'd be a cool long-term investment, right? Because if you build up a significant library, it's not, and especially if you're if you're recording at a at a decent at decent sample rates and bit rates. Well, I'd probably be doing my ninety-six twenty-four or whatever. Yeah, because that's especially for film and stuff. That's usually what people want is up there, or I think that's. If memory serves me right, you know, and over, over time, you just uh, you just develop these gigs and gigs of stuff that become something. That, yeah, you know. Ah, but I'd have to invest in an external hard drive. Although those aren't too bad. If you're going to spend, if you're going to spend over a grand on a field recorder, an extra hard drive isn't. Well, this is deal. just one of those ideas that occurred to yeah, me yeah. of like how I could make <laughs> money, and then it's just like. The matter of like, okay, that's the first thing that came to mind. There's probably ways I could do it cheaper and still be just as comfortable doing it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right. And, and yeah, I, I don't think I would need eight. Four, I think, is the max I would ever need. For yeah, four seems four seems like it would be the be the right size. Yeah. Right. Because then if you're doing, if you are doing, um. Anything that's more complex, where you want, where you want um, uh, close sound plus distant sound, you I mean, can still, keep still that do all that with four. No, that, that's what I mean. Four. Yeah. Right. Like you have two close and two far stereo yeah. mics, right? Yeah. So yeah, that that makes the most sense to me is to go to the four channel one. I didn't even know they made a four channel one. So 
There Mind you, you, I put very little research into it. I just, <laughs> yeah, right. I, I, I was shown this thing. I played with it for a little bit. I thought it was cool, mm-hmm. and then the experience of doing sound for a D and D thing uh, just give gave me the idea of like, hey, maybe I should do some sound effects libraries or something of that right effect. Well, and and dude, I've I have I don't want to say I've pirated, but I've definitely acquired a lot of sound effects libraries over the I years. I know of people who have acquired sound effects libraries, and so many of them just sound like it was someone on the street with a recorder. Yeah. You know, usually usually a decent recorder, but so many of them just sound like it's someone standing on a. I corner. have spent money on some of those libraries too because I have. Uh, uh, I have one of the Boom libraries. Okay. Um, I have the uh, the Hanna Barbera from the seventies oh, library. That's awesome. I think I even have the complete set. Not, I mean, not the physical CDs, but digital. Well, I have the physical CDs. Well, CD because it was on a DVD um, of the Boom Medieval Sounds library. Oh yeah. So it has like swords clanking and stuff like that. But cool. Those are incredibly difficult sounds to get hmm. or at least find things that actually make like those sword clanks and stuff oh yeah yeah well I'm, it's just so much easier to go to uh, like a uh, medieval reenactment yeah but I, I at the time I needed some medieval sounds for something I was working on I don't remember what but I didn't have access to people with like actual swords. <laughs> so, and then like doing research of it, like it seems to be um, that for sword sounds, you have to record a sword because mm-hmm. nothing sounds like a sword. Nothing really does, right? Yeah, I, I can't think of anything that might metal on metal, thin blade. Yeah, it, it, right? it's. Really difficult, and apparently you need like an actual sword to make sword noises, right? And so I, I bought the library just strictly for sword noises. I've gotten more, like I got armor clanks and stuff, and I'm I'm pretty sure I could recreate those. I even got some like leather twisting, which I definitely know I can cre- recreate those. All I need is XLRs, broken what? ones, preferably, because I'm going to twist the shit out of them. But. One of the coolest sound effects I ever um, was a part of. I wasn't the main guy on it. I was just kind of an, an assistant. But we turned a creaky office chair that reclined yeah. into uh, a, like a big old 14th century sailing vessel. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah super cool. it, it, it's fun doing sound effects and like making something mundane sound huge. Like the rock from. Uh, yeah. um, Indiana Jones movie. Uh, can't Older. remember which one. Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Apparently that rock was um, Ben Burt and whoever else he was with rolling a car down a hill at like less than 5K <laughs> and just with a field recorder, just recording it. Nice. Going down this like gravel road. Yeah, and that's then, awesome pitch shifting or whatever they did to make it sound humongous. Yeah. Yeah. 
and Ben even went on in a book I got, he says something along the lines of like, in order to make that sound, you have to make something travel slowly over something like to make a big monstrous rock rolling sound. He had to have a slow car going down a road. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine having the budget to have the time to figure all that stuff out. Well, he's just getting paid to like walk around and listen to things and then be like, Ooh, (laughs) what if he's an incredibly smart guy though, too. Like he, he actually knows the physics of sounds to like, I don't know, to the point where he gets in trouble. It's like apparently the laser sounds for Star Wars, how he got those was climbing like radio towers, had a mic at the bottom and then hitting him with a a hammer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And just the various different widths of cable he was hitting made different Different, sounds. Different tone. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So like your AT-ATs with the big beefy... Pew sounds like that's a big cable that he hit with a hammer. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Almost makes me wish I still had a piano. <laughs> mm. <sighs> yeah, it's it's an idea of, that I'm having that of maybe a way to make some money is Will it? do some libraries and sell them on the internet or something. And- and that would certainly be that would certainly be a really good like long play, right like it wouldn't have any value the first year or it wouldn't have any 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 net result net oh, benefit the first year, but by year two and year three and year five, that's when you'd really start to see yeah because I mean like as it would take you five years to build up a substantial library anyway, right yeah, and you'd have to build a reputation based on that library. But after you did so, exactly, people would be coming to you. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, the Boom guys. That's their story is interesting, and now they're like the main. I've never heard of them. Uh, Boom libraries. They they're a lot of their sounds are used on like films and stuff. Uh, they, they, their biggest thing was they made some a sound library that was geared towards movie trailers and then like actual professional movie houses bought that and used it in their movie trailers. Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) But they're always releasing stuff and yeah. So like metal hits, that's their movie trailers thing. Right. Where they had like metal and they hit it with a hammer applied like a humongous reverb. That's awesome. Very cool. Yeah. They have a lot of libraries. They they come out with a couple a year, I think. And and, and that's that's really what uh really what you want, right? Yeah. Is you know, you want something that's constantly being updated at a reasonable rate. And um something that's affordable. Yeah. We all want affordable, don't we? Well, anyway, I think I can make it affordable. But. So I, I think you have now a plan for the future. Yeah. There's a retirement plan. I don't know about that. But, but in the meantime, <laughs> you got to go. Follow our hosts on Twitter at
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.